0: Welcome to episode 32 of the CowCast Shop Talk. All right, we are back for another episode of the CowCast. I am Eric. I am James. And it's been a little while. Yeah. We've been a lot of busy. I know. Which I I think we said on the last episode. I was going to say the last two or
1: three of them, I think we said that, so we can... (laughs) <laughs> the reasons are all the same. Yeah, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. We're busier but... than last time, probably. So take whatever we said last
0: time, and then just multiply yeah. it. Yeah. Um, before we get into any of the shop talk, first and foremost, we released our exclusive variant cover by Phil Hester. Yes, we did that on Facebook. We did a Facebook Live post. Uh, we've got both an online store, and you can buy them in store. And it's uh, it's a limited print. for the book, which also buys you access to the Garth Ennis signing. Mm -hmm. Um, We will be, we're also selling them if you can't get to the store and you want it to be signed by Phil and Garth, since they'll both be here. uh, We're more than happy to sell them, get them signed for you, whatever, and ship them out after the date. Uh, But again, that date is October 28th, and it looks like our timing that we've locked in is Garth will be here from 11 to 2. So we'll have Garth Ennis, Joe Pruitt, and Phil Hester
1: from 11 to 2. Otis Frampton, who's, yep. uh, returning for his, uh, hat trick here at, Three in uh, a row at Cowabunga. Um, has he given you, because I know you've been the contact for Otis, has he given you any,
0: uh, idea of times? Yeah. His plan is to be here from 11 when we open till six o'clock when we close. Awesome. So-
1: Normally we close at eight. But because of all the extra rigmarole that's going to be going on, uh, we figure that we're just gonna—we don't want to be languishing here from yep. six to eight, and we're gonna close a little bit early and let everybody go home and get get
0: some rest. And well, and to be honest, I mean, we've got a lot of things to attend to that night. We have oh my god, four creators that we need to make sure get to their beds okay. We've got ourselves that have to make sure we get to our families okay. We're going to be here at the shop, I don't know what hour of the morning, getting stuff prepped. So it's going to be a busy day. As if we weren't already going to have a good podcast. My wife just stopped by with a six-pack and asked if we needed any beer. So I feel like a very lucky man. <laughs> so we are um, We're really looking forward to the event. Hopefully you can all make it. We've had a number of people that are listeners say that uh, they plan on being here or if they can't get here, that they want a copy of the book. Um, you can either, you know, tweet us, you can hit us up on Facebook, which is probably the mm-hmm. best way because we make sure we see everything then very easily, uh, email us, whatever you want to do. We're more than happy to, uh, to get books to all of you out there. Or if you are looking to come into town, we know Drew from Comics for Fun and Profit. He'll be coming up from, uh, from Ohio. I think somehow he managed to sell Kyle Bunga as an exclusive opportunity for his wife's birthday. So... <laughs> well but, naturally, naturally. but uh I know that they've they've booked an Airbnb for I think it was like seventy three dollars a night. Like just outside of Merton, which for those of you that don't live around here is pretty pretty nice little area really? to be in. Yeah.
1: Uh, you should I'd I'd love to know. I mean, I grew up in Merton, so right. let me know where it is. We will. I wonder you know, there I don't know if there's any actual bed and breakfast in Merton. I don't think but so. But I know a lot of the people that have that are snowbirds. Yeah. So Wonder if he? Wonder if I know the person? I think it was like an not older. Not exactly
0: big. It was like a, an older farmhouse, but anyways. Um. Long story short, we've got you know a lot of access here, plenty of hotels, and there's Airbnbs yeah. and fifty dollar flights on Southwest right now from a lot of a lot of airports coming into Milwaukee. And leading
1: leading out of that,
0: the other thing is, and I know we brought this up
1: before, but if you're coming out, you listen to the podcast. Uh, well, if you're hearing this, you obviously <laughs> listen to the podcast. Subliminal. Uh, we. We're gonna be very busy we're gonna be yeah. getting so many things set up for the signing but that doesn't mean that we couldn't come up with like an hour or two yep so if we get enough people that are that decide that they do want to come to town for this and we want to do like a little meetup um, we go to, we can go to the German bar which is right across the street from from the shop yep uh, or or something you know and come up with some little uh Meet up, uh, since, especially since Drew's going to be here, and I, I just give us a heads up because yep. we are going to be exceptionally busy. Shoot us a, an email, a message on Facebook, or something, and just say, "Hey, we're coming from wherever,
0: and uh, you know we sh- we should get together."
1: We're going to be more than happy to try to facilitate something.
0: Yeah, and you know if it's one of those things where you're you're again coming from a distance away, give us that heads up because you know what, there's chances that the Friday night before this, we're probably going to be setting some stuff up, so. We'll be here if you guys just want to come and hang out at the shop while we do work. We may put you to work a little bit, but there's an opportunity there. Um, or toilets like James don't was saying, get scrubbed by themselves. That's right. Wait a minute. We don't have any toilets. Oh, well. What we have, have you been using? We have um, <laughs> uh, uh, But no. It's so <laughs> <as> a clean, not a So, long story short, um, if you're coming from out of town, please let us know because we want to make sure that we... uh we want to make sure we have time with you, that we can you know, give you the ins and outs of the store if you have questions, things like that. We've been lucky enough to have uh, both Drew and Kyle come up from Ohio during C2E2. Uh, we've had one of our uh, good subscribers and friends from uh, Pennsylvania. A couple of them came out we've, to visit we've us. Had,
1: we've had a bunch of listeners Arizona that have, that that have come home. in. So, um, and again, just get, the other thing is, like we said, we, we obviously know the area. We've yeah. grown up here um, and lived here for a while. So if you have questions, you need uh, a place to say you you need, even if it's for a night, um, we can recommend the best places to go. We can recommend the best places to get breakfast, the best places to take your kids, whatever it is you want to do. Yep. Uh, Just give us a heads up and and we can help you kind of navigate the area.
0: Yeah. And chances are, if you have young kids that are going to do activities, um, generally when you buy like a membership to things out here, you usually get a couple of free passes. So. You know, hey, if you got young kids, I've got a young kid. I might have a free pass or two that I can throw at you to help occupy time if needed. So I've always got a new young kid in your van. <laughs> I've got to get a van first. <laughs> um, so that's the biggest thing. Again, so we're going to have on October 28th, starting at 11 a.m., we will have Otis Frampton, Joe Pruitt, Garth Ennis, and Phil Hester uh, to get to see Garth. You need to buy. Well, really, to get to see any of them. True. If you want to get in for that initial three hour block. Correct. Yeah. It's the, it's, you buy the variant cover at $10. That covers everything that gets you in. Um, and for those that are wondering why we do that, since we are kind of a behind the curtains type of show for running a store, the reason is twofold. Number one, obviously, we've paid to print the books. And number two, there's costs associated with bringing in. These big names. So there's things like flights, Uh things like hotels, per diem for food, whatever. So we want to make sure we cover those costs. Um, and the $10 price point isn't just a one signature thing. It's, are we doing, we, we've been talking about this. So I'm going to confirm with James what we're doing right now. We talked about doing five items and then go ahead and get back in line so that we, we're still going
1: to, we're still going to do that. So technically the way that the signing is going to work is you're, you're buying a ticket into the signing right. by buying our exclusive cover. Then there's no cost to get anything signed after that. Right. And Garth will sign and then by proxy, Phil and Joe Pruitt will sign um, five items at a time. When you're done, when you have those five items signed, you cycle to the back of the line if you have more. Yep. So it depends on the size of the line, but really um, we've been told, and I don't want to encourage people to bring two long boxes worth of stuff, but that Garth pretty much will within stick around reason. within reason will yeah. we'll sign just about anything yep. you know if there's still people in line he'll sign your baby he'll st- well and but it, more more to the point uh it's not gonna like hit one o'clock and he's like he, I'm done you know right and, and, like some creators we've heard
0: of yeah he's an, he's um, a he's a guy that's gonna fulfill his obligation and to what his mind is and and that's yeah. awesome. if his fans show up then he's gonna take care of so. and the, the other thing to say too is that we will have a plethora of product for these guys. So we will have oh, yeah. a ton of trades. Obviously the new, um, Punisher series that's coming out from Marvel. We've got a whole bunch of number ones for that. Platoon. Right. Punisher best, Platoon. Best
1: Marvel book of the year. Easily. easily.
0: Oh my gosh. Just one issue in, it's already there. Uh, and that's, that's not blown smoke. I mean, if you've read the Punisher max run specifically born, you know what we're talking about. Um, so you, you'll buy into that and it'll just, honestly, it's going to be an amazing day. We're going to have a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be three, maybe, maybe even the return of a former employee. We're not sure yet. It hasn't all gotten ironed out. Uh,
1: the, yeah. Pro- pro- probably the most important, uh, <laughs> travel and, arrangements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. But he might, he may be making a return for this event. So,
0: so we will see. Uh, but it's going to be a great day. Yeah. So make sure that you, uh, if you can, you get out here. Garth doesn't travel much, doesn't do any shows, so it's, it is a big... It's a big deal. It is. So... Uh, well, why don't we jump into...
1: We We have sort of a... We're going to do this bullet point style because we have a lot of different topics that have been brought up by different people. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that we wanted to talk about because of stuff that we brought up before. And They're all kind what? of tied together-ish, but they're
0: yeah disparate. Um,
1: but, yeah. Well, the first one... We've had a lot of people tell and we're not going to get uh, too in-depth into the numbers in this one. I, I do definitely want to do a complete numbers game after Metal wraps up so that we can compare Metal to Secret Empire, something that we've talked about yep. doing for a while. Uh, but right now, we've had a couple of really, really big books come out in the last two, three months, if we want to include both companies. Metal from dc has been a huge event it's been probably the best-selling dc book overall that i can ever remember in the shop
0: rebirth did really strong with all of its multiple printings
1: ah yeah you know what okay so you're right on that rebirth was was still the best issue as opposed to an event rebirth was still the best seller but if you want to look at it on a uh Dollar scale, we've made a lot more money off of metal. Correct for multiple reasons, but Correct. the first one is it's a four ninety nine book. At least yep. the first issue is. We sold out completely of the A cover. We were lucky enough to be able to get a restock of fifty more copies of the A
0: cover, and I think we're down to like twenty five. Uh, it might even be less than that. We we, we don't know, have we, a ton left. We
1: have more over there,
0: but not many. I just looked at them. Okay, I think there's six either, over
1: there. Either way, we've sold a ton of. So we've. The nice thing is, you know, we sell half as many copies of that or of, of metal as we do Rebirth, but we make the same amount. So as soon as we mm-hmm. start moving past that, we've made more money. So profitability has been higher on metal than it was on Rebirth. So I would say as far as a single most profitable
0: DC book, metal would be it. And honestly, the reader reception and excitement has been very high. It's with huge. It. It's, it's on, huge. off the charts. We have people that,
1: but and we'll get to the, to the only thing that's... Probably going to eclipse it very soon, but we have had people that have come in. We the the DC metal checklist that um, they released. We you printed that out, yeah, and put it out. That was that just an
0: off the cuff thing. Like, can we, we have had it, so many
1: people it? that said uh, we we would ask our subscribers what, what books from metal do you want? Do you want the miniseries? Do you want the times? Do you want do the you one want- shots? We have had more people than not tell us. All of it. Yeah. I just want all of it. I can't remember us ever having that. Secret Se- Empire? No. Not a chance. Kid me. Secret Empire, we were Secret lucky to sell. Secret to? Wars 2? No. No, not at all. Metal, though, for whatever reason, it is engaging people. It is totally engaging people. People love it. They want more of it. They can't get enough of it. We have sold out every one of the Batman one shots
0: that has come out. I thought we were. Wanted- I think we've been selling them out like by Friday. We haven't we've, even gotten we've to the been weekend. Sold
1: out, we've been sold out the first week of each one. Yeah. Um I don't know about by the weekend, but at least the first week we've sold out of each one. And I can't remember. I mean, these are just tie-in one-shots. Yeah. And we ordered in a dark
0: multiverse that is... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the, the orders for these books <laughs> This were, is not
0: all new, all different. I mean, it's all new and it's all different, yeah. but it's not re- reshaping the main DCU.
1: Now, we're kind of going order-wise according to past events that we have... That we have both purchased and ordered. So obviously, in the last three years, roughly, in having the shop, we've had a decent amount of events, but we haven't had a lot of giant '90s style crossovers. You know, yeah. like a like like a um, Bloodlines type of thing or something like that, where there's we, a we've, lot of random we've run sort the gamut. Of- we've either had right. the
0: overarching every single thing as a tie-in. Civil War II, Mm -hmm. or we have had the small pocket, Justice League Suicide Squad, where it's just been two titles. This is a little bit bigger than that, but it's not covering everything. So it's kind of that nice 90s style, like you said, crossover. So with DC, we haven't had a lot of criteria with which to judge our orders by. The only only thing thing we've had is that over the course of Rebirth we've continuously, at a slower clip, continued to add
1: subscribers to books. Well, yeah, but what I was going to say is, the only thing that we really have to compare it to, as far as a similar event goes, would be a Marvel event. Mm -hmm. Which had a a very similar list of tie-ins. Secret Empire had various one-shots that were tie-ins. It had issues of ongoings that were tie-ins. It had mini series that was a tie in it had a lot of just kind of ongoing stuff that tied in but nobody cared right for whatever reason metal people care about and i want to keep going back to those uh one shots that, that we've been getting because we ordered secret empire we ordered um and then it was it was like was it 75 copies of the first issue i think so yeah something like 75 or 100 copies of the first issue When we do our full wrap up after our size, is a sizable order. We'll put the actual quantifiable data together after metal is done. So next February, you can expect to get the real numbers. But um, we we did we sold really well on the first couple. We've gone Mm -hmm. through that. Actually, we we
0: have done. I don't remember though. Don't forget, I should say it's a gimmick. There were gimmicks to sell it. No, but I want
1: to. But I want to go a little bit further. We, We actually have sold out. We, we decreased our orders. But we sold out of every issue of Secret Empire after five. Mm-hmm. We had to reorder some issues just to have on hand, which was phenomenal. What we didn't sell, and I'm, and I'm trying to stress the success of the main mini series of Secret Empire. It was, it was a successful series for us. What was not good were the tie ins. They were not successful. Nobody cared. Secret Empire United, whatever the other ones were, I don't even remember what they were because they stunk so badly. We ordered five, like five or six copies of each tie-in. Half of them are still over on the shelf. Nobody cared. With Metal, there's a book called Batman the Dawnbreaker, Red Death, with characters other than, I mean, everyone's heard of Batman. Batman sells books. My God, this uh, last week we had three Batman books that came out. We had the Batman core title. We had Batman White Knight, which sold incredibly well. And I'm glad we upped our orders on it. And we had Dawn uh, Dawnbreaker.
0: Mm-hmm. Which Green is the Lantern Green Lantern, Lantern hybrid.
1: And we sold out of everything except for White Knight. We have one copy of White Knight left on the shelf. And one, one of the variants as well. Um, for, but we ordered... We looked, at, we looked at Secret Empire and we said... This is what we ordered the first issue. These are what we're going to order to tie in one-shots. We ordered like 5 to 75. With Metal, we ordered... I think after we got the restock of forty, we ended up having a hundred copies. Uh, no,
0: no, hundred and forty copies,
1: because we got the one. Of, that's right, we ordered a hundred copies to begin with.
0: So actually, we had we might have had a little more than that because of some of the other variants that we ordered up on. Well, we'll have have to been, go back. It would the have been it would have been a
1: hundred and one because we got the one hundred right. on top of it. See, I was right. We had but, more. Um, so we ordered. I think maybe. 25 copies of the Batman one shots Yep Gone Within the first week yep. Each one of them Sold at least five times well, Now it's to the point where we're FOC-ing those way up Yep And they're gone At five times the amount of the Secret Empire tie-ins That are still sitting on the shelf months later Yep People love metal yep. They can't And I've asked people I said, what about metal do you like? And they said, "It just is, it's just cool Nobody's given me an actual, real, good, in-depth answer, which I think is fine. They just think it looks cool. It looks engaging. Well, I have and my I,
0: answer. Well, as a I, reader, sure. So my answer as a reader is is a couple of things. First and foremost, I think the overall creative talent they have behind Metal certainly has the numbers behind it to show that they know what they're doing. Um. Secondly, I think that with Metal, there was a lot more promotion over a longer period of time. There was like a 25, 30-minute video that um, Jim Lee, was it Lee and Snyder, Mm -hmm. did that we were able to put out on our feed um, that teased a lot of things. So that was exciting. And the third thing, which is actually probably for me the more exciting thing, the the thought and the idea of new characters and Mm -hmm. new situations and a dark multiverse – is enticing, and it's enticing on multiple levels. I am not, like, the uh, the ultimate multiverse file, where I don't know everything about it. I'm still relatively recent in comics compared to you. But the thing that really gets me is with these, like, the Dawnbreaker and these different hybrid characters, it's new, and it's mm-hmm. cool. And the artists that they have, Ethan Van Skyver did the Dawnbreaker. Are you kidding me? I mean, look at it. It's freaking awesome. In fact, if you go on to his – he's got a YouTube channel. Or, well, he's got uh, three videos that he's done so far talking about penciling, inking, and kind of the full creation of the Dawnbreaker. And you get to see him do it live in front of you, and it's unbelievable. But I'm a huge EVS fan, so set that aside. But um, there's just something so much more exciting about it because of that newness, because of that we're going in a new place that we haven't gone before. You know, it's not retreading mm-hmm. the same characters. We're at, we have the same characters and we're adding more and we're, we're taking depth of story. So it's just more exciting. And I think a lot of that is honestly because of the marketing push behind it that got me excited to thinking, Oh my God, we're going new places.
1: Well, I think it feels so that's as a reader. I think it feels more like, and this is going to sound kind of ridiculous, but it feels more like a comic book story. Yeah. And Secret Empire, which felt like trying to tell a, I, it's like Nick Spencer was trying to write himself a HBO drama or something. Um, it it was it was too po faced and too overly serious. It, it and it's lacked. not
0: to say it wasn't good because no, clearly it the sold, sales back
1: end. it sold well. Yes. and it sold well for us. Yeah, I'm not bashing Secret Empire. I am bashing the tie ins. They were terrible and nobody wanted them. Yeah, but the sales on the main book were were very very good for us. We had almost a Total sell-through of every single issue that we ordered. Yep. But... Which is always a success for a comic shop. The, correct. But the the overall feeling towards Secret Empire was, I think, one where people looked at it and, and didn't... I don't think... People wanted to know how it ended. But I don't think a lot of people that we talked to... And again, we can only speak for the people that come into the store. But a lot of the people that we talked to didn't enjoy it. It was like they were going from point A to point B to point C. They wanted to know what was going to happen. Metal doesn't have the depth of, of character and story that Secret Empire did, but people are enjoying the hell out of it. And I don't want to, comp- I don't want to make this comparison. Uh, I don't want to, but I'm going to. It's kind of comparing something like, a, like I love Pacific Rim. I don't like the Michael Bay transfer. I love Pacific Rim. It's like comparing Pacific Rim. Like if Metal is Pacific Rim, then Secret Empire is like um, it's like The Road. I also love The Road. But like I can throw Pacific Rim on and get people excited about Pacific Rim. There aren't a lot of people I can recommend The Road to, and people don't tend to want to come in and talk about movies like The Road. You know, Pacific Rim. People get excited. About. I mean, for God's sake, it's a good, it's a great comparison because the first issue, they have those Justice League robots or whatever that turn into a giant robot. And they fight their way out of the arena or whatever it is. Um, it, it just it feels like a fun comic book that people can get energized about. That you want to recommend to your friends. That we can recommend to people. It's not too. Poe-faced and serious to put people off of it. Question.
0: Are you reading the main metal series? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I haven't read the last issue. How, did you read the Secret Empire series?
1: I, I read the core title, yeah. Okay. I did. I read none of the tie-ins. And uh, full disclosure, I have not read any of the metal tie-ins either because
0: we don't have any left. And, and the reason that I asked for those that are listening, the reason I asked is because if you can't tell, we're pretty darn busy. And 99% of the time, the only title that James has the time or makes the time right there to read is Walking Dead, because that's been his baby since it came out. Um, or something that Ennis puts out or anything that Garth Ennis puts out, but that was why I wanted to ask just to see if there was one that pulled you in more than the other.
1: No, I mean, and I felt like I obviously, but I've always, but I've always felt this way that you have to, at the very least, the biggest book, you have to know what's going on in it.
0: Yeah. So I have to keep Agreed. up with those. Agreed. But at the same time, do you feel, now this is going to be you as a reader, not you as a retailer. No, no, no. Do Absolutely. you feel a different draw to Metal than you felt to Secret Empire?
1: I do, but my personal proclivities are, are definitely a little bit more different and uh, a lot more unique than I think a lot of the the
0: customers... The, that we have. So what excites you about Metal? What pulls you into it? Not as a retailer, as a reader?
1: Um <laughs> You are you ready for this one? Yeah. I actually thus far I like Secret Empire more. Okay. And I am a you know, I'm a full on DC guy. Yeah. But I think between the two series, Secret Empire grabbed me more. Um and it it was one that I wanted to Again, it was a book that I wanted to follow more than Metal. And I don't know if it... I guess the biggest... And this is the biggest reason. Secret Empire, you knew it was going to set a new status quo. Mm-hmm. Metal is just telling a fun comic book story. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there is certainly a place for both. As I said, it's a lot easier for me to recommend someone pick up metal and explain why they should pick up metal than it was secret empire. But solely as a reader, I actually enjoyed secret empire more. And I am, like I said, I'm, I'm a DC guy. I have been overly critical about Nick Spencer and Marvel. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think secret empire so far has been the
0: better series. Sure. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm ready for your attack. Bring it on. Nope, nope, no attack. Um it's a personal reader preference. That's mm-hmm. ultimately what it comes down to. And and I think where I am and this is again, it's not right or wrong, right? It's just individual in- interpretations. I'm sick of Marvel having something that alters the entire Marvel universe. Me too. They no, do that I, every I every too. four months. So, Absolutely. so for me as a reader, I could give a rip. Um and I think that's why I like metal better because again like i said it's the dark multiverse Mm -hmm. it's nth metal it's it's kind of this new new area um we do know that there's going to be new characters born out of it that will have series coming out in the spring uh we do know that there will be reverberations of this in different areas but i just feel like as a comic book fan as a comic book reader this is a lot more fun for me to read than something where it's like, okay, now we're going to set a new standard again. We've already it done is, this three or four times.
1: But that's the first thing that I'll acknowledge about it is that it it's a it's a much more fun comic book story than Secret Empire was. But at the same time, but if you, you like I to would, read better,
0: I would rather. But
1: again, I would rather also recommend. I would rather if I had two books in front of me and sure. I had a complete stranger off the street, I'm going to steer them to Metal, yeah, versus Secret Empire, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I,
1: I and that's, and that's
0: not, that's not being the retailer that says I have metal on the shelf right now and secret empire is over. That's just the reality. Right.
1: Right. No, exactly. And I, 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 like I said, I have been, I can't remember really the last time I read a Marvel book, um, that wasn't written by Garth Ennis and said Punisher on it, but
0: secret I will empire, get you to read the silver surfer stuff soon.
1: No, 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 I want to read that. I will I when when there's an omnibus out, I will buy it and I will read the whole thing in, in like a
0: day. You have it here, folks. I will. He I will. love I love Mike Allred. He will. And he does he when he says stuff like that, it may sound flippant, but it's true. He will do it. He will, will follow through.
1: Anyway, my so I guess the whole point with all this stuff is it, it it's to the point now with these events where you don't We can look at our numbers for, for Secret Empire. But they're just not applicable to metal. Is, I think it's more a question of, now we've, we've got a lot of customers that are one company only. We've got Mm -hmm. a lot of guys that are, that are DC only, a lot of guys that are Marvel only.
0: And a few ladies here Um, and there.
1: Well, absolutely. And actually, that, that was a point that I had wanted to make earlier with metal. We've recently gotten a new customer who is a woman in her mid forties who came in maybe three or four months ago and just kind of, she kind of happened in, she was looking around and bought a few comics. And then every week she'd buy a few more to the point where she got a pull list. And then she kept adding stuff to her pull list and adding stuff to her pull list. It's a, I mean, a professional, you know, she works Mm -hmm. at an investment uh, company and uh, now, and, and then she signed up, she wants everything metal. So she went, we, we had somebody who came in, Cold off the street, not and it was the last person
0: you would you, you would single
1: out in a in a crowd and say hey, you are going to you, you books. would nor, you know you would think right. she would say oh comic books, um but she came in it was it was escalate very quick escalation mm-hmm. to the point where she added the entire line of metal if it said metal on it she wanted it she is excited about doomsday clock and we'll get to that that was yeah. the, the next big thing I want to talk about but we. I don't think that she could have, I don't think she would have cared a whit about Secret Empire. I just don't think she would have. The excitement and the engagement wasn't there. And Cosmic Cubes just didn't do it. Well, you know, it was a more personal story. I don't want to, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to sit here and get in depth into Secret yeah, Empire. No, and that is absolutely true. For you have a lot more investment in the characters. Yeah. You have, whenever you have something where it, it I didn't like Civil War. The Mark Millar Civil War, I thought, was terribly written. Well. And I didn't like it one bit.
0: To the personal story thing on Secret Empire, anyone who read that first Captain America story that Spencer wrote, you would know why. You'd know where that came mm-hmm. from. You could definitely tell. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if coming out of the gates, if Nick Spencer had said, I'm going to write... Captain America. This is my first issue, and I have plans for writing an event that will change the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Which, ultimately, didn't really change it a whole lot. It just brought it back to where it rightly kind of belongs-ish. In a sense. But, that all aside, We don't know
1: if he's responsible for that, or if... If it was an editorial decision that reactionary, said, hey,
0: right. this has got people fired up both for and against it. You're writing an event around it, and that's what we're going to do for the fall. It's about summer and fall. Who knows? But, um, yeah, there's just there's more, especially for a cold reader, there's a hell of a lot more excitement with Metal. Mm-hmm. No, but, again, absolutely. I think a lot of that goes back to the marketing push because we had months, weeks ahead of metal that we could get stuff out. Months where people knew it was coming and we had those people going, so what's this metal thing? And we had enough to tell them to get them to go, all right. Well, and then weeks before we got the checklist and we were able to say, here's all the books. Now, one of my complaints so about metal
1: was that they had the Dark Days, The Forge, The Casting, and all the stuff that was kind of... I will agree it, to that, but the, the casting was kind of why. You know, we didn't write it. And then there was uh, dark matter, which at first was sort of explained as being a, the next phase of this, but now we know it's a completely different thing. Almost, almost an imprint. Yep. Um, I wish that we would have been told outright that this is the plot of metal and these one shots are going to be telling kind of the origin of each of the alternate universe uh, Batman hybrids analogs or yeah, whatever right. they were because then we would have ordered a lot more but we just got a list that was here's a one-shot called Batman Dawnbreaker yeah. Dawnbreaker whatever it is Um, and it it didn't really give us a lot to go on to order so I still am standing by my initial opinion that they they didn't do such a hot job explaining the event and explaining the event to retailers and how they should order it and why it was laid out the way it was laid out. But I will say that whatever they did was enough to get people excited about it. So that's yeah the most important
0: part. And, and let's be honest too. You and I, we don't watch a ton of regular television. Number one, we don't have time for it. Well, number two, I don't get any. <laughs> right. We're both cord cutters that have other, right. other means. So um, we know that DC did other pushes in other avenues that we may not have seen as much of so that could be it too who knows yeah either way we know that right now 30 second
1: spots on spike tv or whatever you know i mean i hey you got to watch your lizard look and, isn't I that what was that on there? uh is spike know. tv even around i think they they who changed knows? it to the paramount network or something <laughs> how are we gonna get our deadliest warrior now yeah.
0: well Barabbas
1: versus it
0: doesn't matter Blackbeard either way <laughs> the
1: pirate who is deadliest <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, I, I think overall the reception in the store has certainly been that the comprehensive metal event has done better than the comprehensive Secret Empire event.
1: It's very true so far. Um, now, spinning that into well, we've got two two different forks we could go on the road with this, but I'll okay. Which one? I'll do jump you to take? the obvious one, which is Doomsday Clock because we alluded to it earlier. The huh. the interest in Doomsday Clock has Whew. been unbelievable. People Ooh. that we've had people come in off the street we had a guy who came in earlier today and he just bought bags and boards and a copy of Marvel Legacy which fine <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but he asked where Doomsday Clock was and I said well it's not going to be out until November and he told us that, or told me Box was here too but he told us he uh, had a pull list here like 8 years ago and for whatever reason he just stopped coming in Uh, he didn't give us any specifics, but he heard about doomsday clock. And so he came in to pick it up and then he saw Marvel legacy. So we wanted to get that. Um, this is a guy doomsday clock has gotten this guy back into a comic book store after like seven or eight years. So right off the bat, that tells me something, but we had our FedEx guy who, whenever he drops stuff off, he he goes over and he looks at the trades. I hope we're not going to get him in trouble for saying this. Uh, but he'll, he always, he takes his lunch. So it's, yeah, it's okay. It's off the clock. There you go. Uh,
0: but he came in today. I saw the FedEx truck pull up. And I thought, well, wow, let's that's actually, let's, let's hold go on ahead. before we get... So on, we get our shipments on Tuesday, a day early. So that gives us a day well, to get stuff prepped.
1: That's UPS.
0: Right. Yeah. But on Tuesday, what came in our shipment was a big poster for Doomsday Clock. Right. That And, and for those of you that have heard us on previous episodes... We don't put stuff in our windows. We want people to both be able to see in and see out of mm-hmm. our store. Natural light is key. We put that doomsday clock poster up. Oh yeah. So I saw the, uh, the FedEx truck pulled up, and I thought, "What the
1: hell are we getting a delivery for from FedEx?" But he was walking he walked in without, without a package, package, taking his lunch, and he came in and he said, uh, "Doomsday clock. is it out yet?" And I said, "No, it's not." He's like, "Oh, I just saw the poster. I got excited. Our driver didn't even have a package, but he saw the Doomsday Clock poster (laughs) in the window. He stopped in the loading zone and came in to check on (laughs) it. Like, there are all these little... We've gotten phone calls about it. We've had regulars ask about it. There are all these little hints that we're getting. Kind of one thing after another that we haven't really ever gotten with anything before. And these are not... You know, we're plugged into the comic book world... If you're listening to this, you're plugged into what's going on, probably. You've probably read the Ashcan. You watched the New York Comic-Con panel that Jeff Johns gave. These people we're talking about don't do any of that. Right. They're not on Bleeding Cool. They're not on Comic-CBR. They're not on CBR. Comicron. They're whatever. not on the, um, the message boards that we're on. They're somehow getting this information through a different source, and they're that excited about it. Imagine the core comic-buying crowd that does keep up with this information and how, I mean this is going to be a big book and I think it's going to be a much bigger
0: book than a lot of retailers are thinking and we spent a considerable amount of time you and I going back and forth got violent on our initial order on what we were going to put down yeah and I would just like to be on record saying I wanted more but I conceded to you well you wanted more of the wrong cover
1: oh shut up <laughs> It's true. It's not true. Anyway. <laughs> well, write it right here. Right Message us and tell us if you'd rather have the lenticular or the regular cover. There you go. Let us know. That's right.
0: I won't tell you who's for what. Doomsday Clockgate. Yes. There you go. It it is it, it is one of those things where um everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, except for the Marvel zombies, they could care less. But Anyone who is kind of across the board, who's picking up books, people off the street, people I work with outside of the shop who aren't comic book readers, now, they usually come to me with like, so what's the Watchmen? I hear there's some new Watchmen thing going on, which, hey, that's more than, than what they knew before. Mm-hmm. So there's something is out there. Well, we have, uh, I, the majority of our
1: subscribers pull equally from, from both companies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've got small pockets, but right, or at least the ones that you know. Some of them will get eight or nine DC, and then two or three Marvel. But then you'll have the the exact opposite of that. So it usually, evens out. But we do have the couple of people that are that classic definition of Marvel zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of which we we barely tolerate, and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but the majority of them. Are are really nice people. Uh, one guy's are probably most reliable. We open it at noon on Wednesdays, and he's here by ten after twelve. <laughs> uh, but he only buys Marvel books. Super nice guy. One of the night he was a transplant from that store that closed. Real nice guy, but you can't. You could give him a free DC book, and he wouldn't read it. He just is. He's nah. I'm a Marvel guy. I don't really don't get into DC at all. He doesn't care about Metal, doesn't care about Doomsday Clock, didn't care about Rebirth. You get those people that will never be reached. And to me, the the true test of Doomsday Clock, can we get some of these Marvel Savvies to pick it up? You know, and if we can do that, then it's really going to be a game-changing series, I think. Mm -hmm. We tried. I mean, I tried to get... I tried to get some of these guys, to. I tried to get all of them to, to check out Metal. I tried to get all of them to check out the Forge. I tried to get a lot of them to check out the Rebirth one-shot. Uh, some some men you just can't reach. <laughs> right some there. are beyond saving. Right. No. But we'll see. I mean, I, like I said, if if we can convert some of those guys over to Doomsday Clock, then it's really going to have lasting effects.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's take that other fork then. Uh, We've had a couple of shows. We're always going to conventions, always setting up. You actually came to one. Yep. um, That we went to about a week and a half ago. And it was a bigger show. It was in Madison. And it was uh, important to note, it it was the week after Wizard World had their Madison show. Which was a complete and utter stinker. Yep. uh, Bordering on a disaster of a convention uh, from everything that I heard. Now we, the reason we're bringing this up is two reasons. One, it ties into uh, Marvel legacy a yeah. little bit, and <laughs> yeah. two, we've had a lot of people send us questions about selling at shows and yep. what do we bring and how's it going exactly. What yep. are people buying? Stuff like that. People kind of want convention reports, which I guess we haven't really done anything.
0: Yeah, like we did, that we've yet. done like uh, as. Customers or attendees of the shows, but yeah, not as we've vendors. done we well bigger shows, right? Yeah, but not as vendors.
1: Uh, so I figured we could tie a couple things into this. Um, we took so well to set the stage uh, in Madison, uh, not even five minutes from the Alliance Energy Center where the Wizard show was. Uh, we went to this other show, and man, the feedback for Wizard,
0: even in the weekend between the shows, yeah horrible both I mean, from vendors horrible. and from well attendees. there were
1: there were and I I don't know how much of this is hyperbole and how much of this is actual the actual number but I heard from just about everybody that there were two comic vendors there
0: yeah
1: so that's pretty pretty pathetic
0: For pretty a pathetic comic show
1: right you think about wizard world chicago and you can say what you will about the uh, hey, the celebrities. You can say what you will about Artist Alley; they're they're piss poor. I'll I'll be the first to admit when it.
0: When I go to a comic con, I always look for the best deal on gutters what? at a Wizard show. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> um, but Wizard World Chicago, if it has one thing that it does better than any, just about any other show. Uh, although I've heard Baltimore is phenomenal for dealers, and uh, I've heard it, Heroes as well. Sure, uh, Wizard World Chicago has vendors, mm-hmm. and it has. A lot of them, and they have quality product. Madison didn't have that. I don't know what the deal is with Wizard World Madison. I know that they canceled it once and then they brought it back. They've, I, I think at this point, it sounds like uh, the people that I talked to that were in Artist Alley that were at this Madison show and um, the people that attended the show said Sunday was dead. They said there was like nobody in there. Uh, it was just a horrible show overall. So a lot of the people that save in Madison that saved their money to go to that, that, to go to wizard world, Madison, um, they didn't spend their money. Yep. Some, maybe they budgeted budgeted themselves a thousand dollars to go to wizard world, Madison. And it sucked. They had nothing to buy. So they came to the show that was a week later that we set up at. Um, another big part of it is, the costs to set up at a Wizard Show are just Ugh. outrageous. God, we're talking like fifteen hundred dollars for a booth. Yeah, so you, uh, I don't know how you for know one booth. Chi- right, it's Chicago. Maybe I can yeah. see it.
0: Yeah, totally can see when it. When you're talking a hundred thousand people,
1: well, and people that are going to that show specifically to buy back issues, right? Madison, I don't think you can give that show an identity yet. And if if you had to you had to fight do if you had to snap fire an identity at it it would be a cosplay and deviant art
0: print show yeah so and that that's so this is one area where I can say I know a little bit more than you yeah and that's because I grew up in the Madison area right so you grew up down here in Lake Country I grew up about 15 minutes outside of Madison and the one thing that Madison is is I hate Madison <laughs> if you know where to go it's all right um one thing that Madison has always tried
1: parking there well, you've parked there, but parking there in the winter?
0: Piece of cake oh my for me. God. Well, so if you need to go to Madison in the wintertime, talk to me. I can tell you exactly where to go and Just park. Just don't
1: go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the one thing about Madison is that it's anchored by two things. The state capitol and our flagship university, the University of Wisconsin. Um and the, the biggest thing with that is the University of Wisconsin has a lot of strong programs, but one of the things that Madison in general has been known for is more of its arts side of things. So Dale Chihuly, who is one of the most famous American glass blowers in, in one of the most famous glass blowers in the world, uh, who has his own museum in Seattle right next to the Space Needle. Um, he was at Madison for a long time and did his studies there. And inside of our big sports complex on the campus, there's Dale Chihuly glass. So, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a very it really blows. It does it blows. It's beautiful. But um it's very big into the arts. It also has a very transient crowd because of the university. So you get a lot of people that move in for the school year and move out or they move in for 4 years and they move out. Um so it's one of those cities where it's basically the the downtown core area is dominated by that. And then bubbling out from the main city center, you have in the Dane County area, predominantly a large amount of government based employees. They may not be government strict employees, but they could be suppliers to the government or people that are mobilized by the government for different things. We have an Air Force wing. We have things like that. So, so there's, there's kind of a different core of makeup. There's not as much manufacturing, not as much of those, you know, hardworking kind of born of the the salt of the earth kind of people in that county so like you said when it when you talk about the deviant art when you talk about kind of the cosplay stuff that is huge that is exactly what madison is and the other piece that's really tough is that there are two comic anchors in madison that have been there for 30 plus years basically so if you're buying new books you know where you're going You're buying back issues, you know you're not going anywhere. You're going to get them somewhere else, like Bunker Comics. That's just known. It's a known quantity and it's a known commodity up there. So the draw of people going to a show where the regional dealers, all two of them, show up to it, you can go to them Monday through Friday, and then you know. Well, I don't. Who cares? Think any of them even? I don't think they were there. It probably not. But at the end of the day, that audience of comic readers, they already have their outlet Mm -hmm. in Madison. And knowing that market area, it's not in a show at that scale. Right, you're not going to pull in the vendors that are going to sustain the few bits and pieces that come in. The
1: big, well, the the and taking what you said and kind of extrapolating about uh, out from that, the big back issue buyers that we have. I don't think any of them come from Madison. No, they all come from Milwaukee or Green Bay. Sure, they come from Milwaukee. They come from New Berlin. They come from Chicago. Waukesha.
0: We had a couple from Chicago they, area.
1: Exactly, but they don't come from Madison. Right. We pull we pull people from the east out here to the west, but we don't pull a lot of people from the west out to the east. Well,
0: and that's because and, Madison's
1: groomed them to well, buy new comics. It's the, yeah, but also like you said, as a more of a college town, you don't have college city. You just don't have a lot of people that have been. You can call it a town. Yeah. You you don't have the same crowd that have ha, the same roots, yeah, as you would
0: around Milwaukee. Yep. Or and for those and, that aren't familiar, Milwaukee is built on industry, leather tanneries, oh, yeah. Coke, you know, the Coke brothers, things like that. It's a very um, industrial, hardworking Midwestern Rust Belt city.
1: Whereas, again, with Madison, you get your you you get plenty of. Of people in Madison that are, are comic fans, mm-hmm. but, but by and large, and they're hard workers. They're there it's for, just a different. But by and large, they're there for four years. Yeah, yeah. And then they're somewhere else. Yep. And these are a lot of a lot of people that are buying um, trades of uh, strangers in Paradise or Black Hole, or they're buying what you know, Wicked and Divine. But they're not yep. coming in to buy. They're not going to dig through uh, long boxes of commandy. Right. So, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's just what the market is. Right. But it's not conducive to, it's not conducive to getting a fifteen hundred dollar booth,
0: right, and dragging ninety long boxes because you're not right. going to sell them, or getting a fifteen hundred dollar booth and bringing one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of high end back issues. Right. Um. Now, the interesting thing is
1: talking to so this show that was uh, in Madison that we went to. Which we haven't really even done a report on yet. <laughs> just kind of laying the, laying the groundwork here. What happened was a lot of the people that came up for that show came up to buy back issues. Yep. So what did they do? They came up that was a Saturday or that was a Sunday show. They came up on Friday and Saturday. Like there were people that, that actually this is just it's not a huge show, but it's made a little bit of a name for itself. When these are people that have come up from Illinois, they came from Iowa, they came from the cost of it, Minnesota
0: is also very different.
1: Correct. And these people came in, so those two guys that kept coming back and buying stuff from us over and over again at the show, remember they had come in to the shop yep. and spent like ninety dollars and they were in here for like maybe four or five hours. They're like, Well, we we'll look we'll look for you at the show. And then they came in they came right to us at the show and bought a bunch of stuff. So we have – the cool thing about a show like that is that it will pull people from around around us, even out of state, and they'll hit a bunch of shops on the way there, which if you're coming from Chicago, Illinois, or you're going to exactly, hit us. Yep. So uh, it, it benefits us in that way. Um, but the people that were going to that show were going there to buy
0: back issues. They were going to dig. They were not going there for Art Sally.
1: They weren't going to buy toys. They were going to buy
0: magic cards. And let's be honest, the artist alley at this show is just very small, niche local
1: artists. Right. It's mostly local stuff. You have some guys that have been published, that are published, you know, and they've maybe done some Marvel or DC. But for the most part, it's like a guy who's a Marvel inker in the
0: mid-2000s 90s
1: 90s or something. Uh, So, yeah, not big names. Now, getting to the show itself, though, what did we... Bring a
0: ton of. Well. Marvel Legacy. We did, but that wasn't what dominated our booth. No. Well, we had. We had four tables plus about almost 20 feet of wall space. Yeah, I'd say about 20 feet. And we bring vertical racking that we can use for the wall space. We also brought a vertical standee for some of the Marvel books. So we had three. We had two tables completely full of one dollar book long boxes that we also had, you know, bulk pricing on the more you got. We had one table, so two tables with the the long boxes, one table with sets. That we sold we did gangbusters. Oh but we'll, we'll on get those. to that. Yeah. And then one table that we reserved a little bit of space for one of our ragamuffin friends who came along to kind of pedal some of his wares. So you got about a third of the table, but the other two thirds <laughs> were legacy, both regular well, and, and lit
1: Let's we didn't bring enough to fill those four spaces yeah. because initially we, uh, another store that we're friends with, or I should say friendly with at least, um, they weren't able to lock a, a booth in, but we yep. got four tables. So we said, well, we'll give you one of our tables. Yeah. They showed up with way more than could fit on one table, but it, it worked out for them because someone dropped. Yeah. Somebody didn't show up yep. and they ended up getting a full booth. Yep. So it worked out really well for them. And then, we didn't have quite enough to fill the whole space. We yep. brought a lot of extra stuff, but it all went out. Yep.
0: Um, but we had so we had a table that had two thirds of it was full of regular cover and lenticular legacy. And then right. we had a standee that has six slots for books on it um, that we filled with legacy stuff. Yep. And, and it was really more of a we did it for two reasons. Number one, we did it because um, we brought in a lot of legacy, so it was like, hey, let's let's find a way to sell it. And number two. To gauge it and see what, what the buzz was. Sure. Well, what did we find, James? Well, here's what we found. First <laughs> off,
1: before we before we uh, report on the sales of Legacy to Convention, we we have already made a nice profit off yep. of Marvel Legacy. And we ordered well over a thousand copies.
0: And and that is due to multiple things. It's due to variants and it's due to deep discounts, all things that people are aware of. Yeah. And a little bit of diamond
1: idiocy—it's um, the cherry on top. Uh, but we did so. We did very, <laughs> we did very well um, with legacy even before we went to this show. Now we, admittedly, we probably haven't sold more than forty copies out of the store. We ordered a thousand
0: of the we, regular covers,
1: right? Yeah. But we pre-sold a lot of the variants. Yep. Um, we've, we've, done, uh, we've sold a lot of the bulk variants. We sold some of the lenticulars to another store that didn't order any. We did very, very well on selling Legacy to the point where even though we've only sold 40 copies out of the store, it's, it's all profit. Mm-hmm. Totally all profit. And um, so we figured, what the hell? We'll take them to the show sell them for 5 bucks, dollar off cover price,
0: see what we can what we can get. Um at the end of the show, and we knew going into the show that in the Madison area, there were a couple of shops that were marking up the lenticular to double cover in their stores.
1: Well, there was that and then there was another store that we knew of that only had ordered 3 copies of Legacy, I think. Yep. So they so didn't order a lot. And we knew that they were
0: steering their customers to that show. Yep. So we knew those pieces were in place when we said, hey, let's take a bunch of Legacy and see what happens. Yep. Uh, we sold at the end of the show four copies
1: of Marvel Legacy. And there had to have been in eight or nine hundred people
0: that showed up. What? At least one of those was the non-lenticular. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody cared, and and we weren't we weren't hard selling it, but at the same time we were directing people to it, mm-hmm. and people were like, yeah, it's all right. So you could tell, the, and and the way that they reacted is they weren't people that you got the sense of, oh, they already picked it up. They just it was, didn't it care. Was total apathy. They just didn't care. Total apathy. Um, I think more than anything,
1: if. If we had been relying on selling that book at conventions to make our money back, I would have been losing sleep over it. I would have been losing sleep. Nobody cared. No one cared. Yep. Luckily, we were smart enough to, to already be a profit on the book. So, okay, we sold for Whatever. Which, four if copies. you're running
0: a store, that's one of the basic tenets that we live by is know you've got the profit. Know you've at least covered your expenses before you commit to buying mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I will say about Legacy is I think it's going to be a book that will have legs for
1: the foreseeable future. I think it being a one-shot, people will pick it up off the shelf and just grab it and throw it on a stack. You know, if you're kind of a lapsed reader, you might try it out. Even if you're a DC reader, you might try it out. See what Marvel's all about. You might not like it. But a sale is a sale. And it's a $5.99 sale. Yeah. You know? So... I'm I'm fine with being stuck with at this point like 900 copies of Legacy because we might sell some of them we might not yep but um we'll throw some on eBay and- right and how did how did we make our money on it we sold variants. variants so um it's the Marvel way it is the Marvel way but anyway the the let's talk about uh, the convention a little bit more we had mentioned sets we had sold a ton of sets um what were people looking for as far as wall books. Well, obviously when we do a show, we, unlike a lot of vendors, have a store. Yep. And we don't want to completely take our, our wall down, uh, because we were open on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. We are open seven now, days. Now, actually, a week. let's talk about, uh, what we were really doing that Sunday. Not only were we at that show <laughs> and then with, and then we had the store open. So we had, we had two fronts already. We had another guy who was selling our stuff at a show in Milwaukee. So we had a three pronged attack on that Sunday, and And
0: actually, I know he doesn't listen to this, or maybe he does, but he doesn't say much about it. The main, the other main employee for the store, Sam, who we affectionately call Box, because that's his last name, um, he gets he, in my opinion, um, doesn't get enough appreciation, maybe as he deserves, because he rode, drove himself all the way up to Madison. Unloaded, set up, worked the booth for two hours, and then drove back here and opened the store for the day. Oh yeah! I mean, he didn't have to; he chose to, and that—that that is, um, which is why we love Box. Agreed. So, we won't Sam, cut, if you're we listening, won't cut his box. No, Sam, if you're listening, thank you. Um,
1: what what were people looking for back issue wise? Though this, this was the big question people had had asked. Yeah. As far as wall books, we, had, we sold a couple of copies of the um, Batman Adventures that had the Harley-Joker Joker wedding. wedding. We yep. sold out of that, yep. completely out of it. The best part is we had the book priced at about market, and we had sold multiple copies. Well, some guy came over and was like, kind of griping about the price, and he wouldn't pay it, and blah, blah, blah. And he left... And uh, somebody else
0: bought the book. Cover price? No questions asked because they knew market market price. Yeah. And, and and that was because they knew what it was going right. for. And then so. the other guy came back and he's like, yeah, would you
1: guys take 50? We're like, well, no. We it just sold. sold for market price. Uh, so we had – that was a popular book. Art Germ, Batgirl. Yep. Super popular. We sold tons of that. Yep. We sold uh, – I had two to three copies of – of each of the Adam Hughes Catwoman. Yep. Uh, except for 51, which was the mugshot issue. Uh, we sold almost out of that yep. the, We to the point where when I was unpacking on Monday, we had two Adam Hughes Catwoman covers left in in the box that we took. I mean, we sold an unbelievable amount. Uh, and it was, it was just, uh, people were just snapping them up. Yep. Uh, New God Seven, the first Steppenwolf, the villain of the new Justice League movie. We sold out of that completely. We sold a couple Savage Sword of Conan number ones. Um What was not a big mover that we that were we, we were kind of anticipating besides Mortal Legacy?
0: Well to go on the legacy train, one thing that kind of surprised me was that I was there for most of the show. I had to leave a little early. Um but in the whole time that I was I was at the show, we had both the Alex Ross color and the Alex Ross black and white legacy. No one even asked to look at them.
1: Well, no, but after you left, we sold some of the color.
0: Okay. Um, but it still shocked me that being there that long, nobody even asked to look at it. That was that was a little bit of a surprise. We did have a couple of people that came over asked about older Wonder Woman. Yep. And we sold. I think we we had three. 12 cent copies and we we sold sold all three of them
1: yeah we had some high grade copies of some of the bondage covers yeah
0: and we sold all of those and those weren't people necessarily looking for that the bondage cover they just Mm -hmm. wanted old wonder woman now our single biggest sale
1: was i had brought a long box of new new new-ish um silver age dc war high grade yeah yes that's right and we had a guy who bought um $380 $380 worth yep. out of that box, which was nice. And that was our single highest sale. Now, he was a, another vendor that wasn't set up at that show. Right. He was from out of state, though, and he said he was going to take the books back and, and overstreet them, and he would get overstreet. And I said, I don't care what the hell yeah, you can do you with you them. You pay our if price, we're them, fine with It's fine, it, yeah. yeah. So that was a really nice little sale.
0: Um, we also we had a guy that um – Poured through every single dollar book that we had. Oh, yeah. Put together a short box full of them. His wife stood by him the whole time. And I made sure to ask before the transaction was complete if uh, he was taking her out for a nice dinner afterwards. And and he and he kind of smiled and she said, yes, he treats me very well. So, <laughs> gentlemen, if your wife is coming with you and you're going to spend three hours going through dollar books at one booth, take your wife out for dinner.
1: Smart advice. <laughs> uh, but let's kind of uh talk about that a little bit the dollar books we sold an unbelievable well actually at the end of the show we sold we had zero all of left. them <laughs> and we took probably
0: almost damn near 30 boxes of them i counted that we had i think 25 long boxes and 6 short boxes full okay. of dollar books um
1: and those are just things that we've amassed in the last month and a half if that uh, from collections and things. that we've And buy. we still have tens of thousands more hanging out. We do. Um, so we, you know, the, the whole point of dollar books for us. And, and I, I know this is how a lot of vendors run things and some vendors run things completely differently. But the way that we do it is those $1 sales are supplemental. We're selling a, a $70 back issues off the wall. We're selling, um, 40, $50 sets, uh, that's that's what the real money is but when you start adding up all the dollar transactions what, what we do is we do a dollar a piece or 15 for 10 And what i find is more than anything people tend to grab 30 books and pay you with the 20 mm-hmm. it's nice it's clean they feel like they're getting a huge deal and you blow through i mean we were we were pulling we were condensing consolidating and pulling empty boxes the whole first three four hours yep and um you make a lot of money doing that. They're, they're little sales, but they add up. Yep. And then what we don't want to do is cart those back with us. Yep, They've been sold through.
0: The best stuff... I mean, we've pulled the good stuff out anyways, obviously. It's so, a shop. So yeah, the dollar books that we get when we buy a collection, in most cases, especially if it's modern, mm-hmm. 5% or less of that collection are wall books. Another maybe 5 to 10% are... Books that we put in the back issue bins that are two bucks and more. And the rest are all dollar bin books. And there becomes that point where your labor expense going into bagging, boarding, pricing, whatever, there's no profit because of the time you're spending. So that's how we accumulate all those dollar books. If you come to the store, for those that have been here, you know we have the dollar bins. We have a significant amount in there. We guarantee that they're all a dollar we don't guarantee that they're all in alphabetical and numeric order because and again, they're not and they're at not all. and because the time versus the dollar well and we cycle through them so quickly that exactly it's just not worth our time
1: to do but um you, so you sell through so in an average convention you bring that many books with you you might sell it depends on the show it depends on mm-hmm. what people are looking for but you know on average you're going to sell maybe $1000 worth of dollar books well then what happens is you kind of have this um uh little circle of life that goes on in the comic vendor community. So we might bring uh, twenty-seven the equivalent of twenty-seven long boxes of dollar books and we might sell through eight, nine, ten of them during the show, and then we consolidate. And the best stuff has kind of been cherry-picked uh during the show. So then what you're left with, now you're down to maybe, you know, 17, 18 boxes that you have left. Been picked through. Um then you have your your vendors that don't have stores that are full-time vendors and they do all the big shows. Yep. They hit the East Coast, they hit the West Coast, they go to shows in Florida, wherever. And they always need new product. They don't have it coming in like we have it coming in. And half the time they just want volume. Correct. And that's mostly what they're looking for. So they'll come over and they'll buy your dollar boxes that are left at the end of the day for whatever price. Yep. So you're you're getting that on top of what you made at the show and that's 27 boxes less that you have to bring back that you know within a month or two, you're going to have replenished through collections that have come in. Yep. And stuff so that you go and you buy out. So it's in our best interest to take a lot of dollar books supplemental. And with very few exceptions, we know that we, at the end of the show, we can always sell off our, our bulk to somebody else who is not as fortunate to get it in as we are as much. Um, so on this Madison show was really good for that. I mean, we did very, very well. Um, the guy that we had kind of helping us out in Milwaukee, we just sent with dollar books. Yep. We didn't want him to deal with haggling and whatever. So we just sent him with dollar books. He did okay, but the Madison show was much, much bigger. Yep. So it was a good show. Um, by and large, I guess if we had to, to narrow it down, uh, the hottest ticket items were Adam Hughes, Art Germ, Harley. And movie times, like the, the Steppenwolf thing, you know, with, yep. with New Gods. Uh, if you would have said a year and a half ago that New Gods 7 would all of a sudden be a $60 book, I think most people would have laughed at you. But now, it, $60, it doesn't last on your shelf for more than a day. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't think we can really narrow it down to any one real dis- demand that we had. No, at the show. but that's also,
0: well, okay, two things. We also try and do a very, uh, we try and have a thorough presence. We don't pocket ourselves into one thing. We're not just dollar books. We're not just wall books. Mm-hmm. We try and have a varied offering. But beyond that, um, we had on one side of us a vendor that had pops and Marvel Legends galore. And he came. He set up his tables, and when he left, his tables were just as full as when he got there. Yeah. We had a guy across from us, well, who brought dollar books priced at four twenty five a piece and wasn't going to move. So this guy brought Magic the Gathering that he was going to be set. He sold it was firm pricing at maybe like five bucks under retail. I, I yeah.
1: have no problem going into. Um- going into a little bit more detail. I'm not gonna go completely into detail <laughs> right. on this, but this guy who, who set up across from us, we have A both dealt with and B both heard negative stories about. Um, he is kind of rude, kind of confrontational. It's a convention. People are gonna make you offers. It's basically a comic flea market. Correct. We wouldn't and if we said no and and smarted off to people that made offers to us, we we would
0: We wouldn't get half the sales that we do. You know, we wouldn't be in business. We certainly wouldn't have people coming to the store after seeing us at a show and they drive an hour to see us because they enjoyed our Right. And they spend a thousand dollars. This guy, we overheard
1: multiple instances of this just at this one show alone where somebody said um, he had uh, magic pre-release boxes for 30 bucks. And the guy said, if I buy two, would you do 50? And the guy glared at him. He said, no, my prices are firm. At the, the exact wording that he had, my prices are firm. Uh, we looked a little bit through his boxes. His stuff, he had I'm dead serious random issues of Alpha Flight bagged and boarded for $4.25. Just complete junk that would be in anybody's four, not dollar, but four for a dollar, man. And he won a top dollar for him. And I said, is there any, any discount on the, the books that you have here? No. That's so all he said. No. He, just, he, he had an attitude the whole time. The attitude, you could detect his attitude from halfway across the show floor. He was glaring. He was, uh, you could tell he didn't want to be there, but he, he showed up anyways for some reason. And he was right across from us. So the whole time, you know, we we would have 15, 20 we people that are
0: both We had something Pulling I mean,
1: stacks out. And he was just sitting over there glaring at us the whole show. Yep, Like we, we could, were doing something wrong. <laughs> exactly. And we watched and he maybe had two or three transactions for a little like below out toys or yep. some little thing like that but uh you, you have to be if you are if you're going to set up at shows you have to understand that you're not a you're not a target you know you, you saying that your prices are firm when you're in your store i completely support that but if you're setting up at a convention and your stuff is already overpriced and somebody's making you an offer you just got to take it you got to take it yep so that was very very interesting to have that um contrast between us and that gentleman at the show. Overall, it was a good show. And, um, if anybody has convention related questions, um, we love to spill dirt
0: and how we do it. Yeah. And each convention, uh, has taken time and grooming by you specifically, because you've done this circuit for 20 years, you know what these shows are. So you kind of have a clientele base in mind and, and we kind of can plan ahead and each one's mm-hmm. a little different. The the things oh, we yeah. take are a little different. It also has to do with just what's going on, you know, around the, the entire comic sphere and pop culture. I mean, you know, when movies, when the MCU started really kicking in heavy and hard, okay, well, let's take all those first appearances, you know, let's build up for that. And so it, it, each show is a little different, but by and large, the one thing that remains constant with us is, we, we bring a varied presence mm-hmm. and uh, we may pick one or two things to emphasize more than another. Like in Madison, we brought Buku dollar books and we brought more sets than we normally do. And it could thing because those were the two big sellers that we had by volume.
1: Well, you know, I'll, the other thing that I just kind of thought about that occurred to me at the show, it's occurred to me at a lot of conventions, is we did really well selling keys. No shock there. right? right? I mean, I, you the comic market is is a key heavy market right now. We sold a ton of dollar books. What did we not sell a lot of? What did we not even really bring a lot of? Modern. Well, modern, but I was going to say your, your sort of uh, moderately priced back issues. We didn't have bins of oh, 4 yeah, or like $5, $5 or $10, books $10, yeah. that some shows do really well. I mean, we, we can go to... A couple of the Milwaukee shows and bring five dollar books uh, five dollar bronze or gold grade yeah. silver, and people will buy a ton of them. Madison, you wouldn't sell any. You'd be carting those boxes home with you again.
0: Yep. So and that's a- not something you're gonna sell to another vendor for bulk discount pricing.
1: For the most part. Right. Right.
0: But uh yeah, it's it's an
1: interesting show, and and we talk to our buddies that we're gonna share the the booth space with us um, they ended up doing well but the big thing that they sold were keys. Yep. They sold a couple high dollar, four hundred, five hundred dollar keys off the wall. Um I mean their top book was was more than one of our single transactions. We sold a lot more volume wise. Yep. But they were selling that that show just shows that the the evidence is there that people are going to their shows and they're willing to spend.
0: And the and the other thing too, when you when you go to shows consistently, you start to build up a network, mm-hmm. right? And and with these guys, we've built up a network with them specifically where there were two instances um, where they specifically sent people to our booth because they knew we had a book that someone was looking for. There were three other vendors in that hall that had that same book, but they said, just go down the end of this aisle. The guys at the end mm-hmm. have it and they'll treat you right the people came over and one of them was the joker harley wedding cover that the guy walked right down and he said the people at the end of that aisle said that you have this book do you still have it and he kind of said it in a way that it wasn't you know nasty or mean it was just kind of doubting like they said if you you would have it i doubt it but do you have it you know kind of thing and there it was, bang, and he bought it right there on the spot. No questions asked. So- well, and,
1: and, yeah, and conversely, we uh, we had somebody who was talking about starting a pull list, and we knew that they lived in Madison they weren't going to drive here. Yeah, send them. We pull. knew they wouldn't, so yeah. we sent them to those guys. Absolutely. To start a pull list, and they didn't even know that they existed. Yep. So, you, yeah, you, you do that. You scratch each other's back. Yep. Um, there's, just like anything else, once you've been doing the con circuit for long enough, there are guys that are total shysters. There are people that you know... Uh, if you, if you turn away for a second, if they're set up next to you, you're going to have a box missing, but the majority of the, of the people there, it's like you're at a show, you know, who, who you can go up to and say, Hey man, I really got to run and use the bathroom. Can you watch my booth? And can be like, yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you, you get that, you get, the, you develop those relationships, you know, who to go to and everybody knows, uh, if they can go to you for something. And, um, it's, it's a valuable thing to have and to know who's who and um, who you can rely on and depend on for stuff like that. And like you said, guys that you can, who can you send somebody to and say, I don't have that, but I know they do. Right. Versus there are some, some vendors at shows where you go, I don't care if they have it. I would never send anyone over there, yep. you know? Um, so like the guy who was across from us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not that
1: he had anything anyways, but um, yeah, it's, it's good. Once you, starting to sell it shows it may seem kind of intimidating at first but once you do it a couple of times you'll pick it up and you're going to see a lot of the same faces yeah. over and over and over again you're going to develop a groove we I mean, we've got our load in and set up down to it is science I mean I did years ago now you do it with a bunch of people who are all on the same page I mean we can we can be we can have a booth that's four or five times size of somebody else's booth, and we can be set up in less than half the time, mm-hmm. and then we're cruising around and trying to find deals while everybody
0: else is still putting their wall up. So, I think that guy that that showed up an hour and a half into oh, the show and it took him another hour and a half to get that his poor booth.
1: poor guy was like the slowest fellow. Guy, well, I was. Gonna say, I don't feel slowest. bad for him. Uh, maybe he had arthritis. I don't know, but I'm just saying. I, you know he, what? Arthritis. It doesn't- took him from from showing up, which was already late. Maybe two hours to get his wall up and it was, I don't, I don't know what, what he was doing, but I don't think he wanted to be there. I
0: don't feel bad because personally, when the show starts at 10 and the load in starts at seven, that's three hours oh, and know. you don't show up until
1: 1130. Oh, if load
0: in, if load in's at seven, I'm going to show at 645. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how you have to do it.
1: Um, again, we've, we've been, well, I mean, you've been, well, I can't say we've, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. You've been doing it. Now you've done your fair share of shows. You have any co- convention questions? Ask Drew uh, from Comics for Fun and Profit was asking about yep. the um, the the PVC wall uh, convention wall that we take with us, mm-hmm. and uh, we sent him a link to that. I mean, we can. You have questions? About we actually like abandoned
0: that? that for Madison because we had a bigger booth that we could use some extra metal racking we had here. Yeah. Well, we were actually no. We had both. We had we the PVC both. and the metal.
1: Um, we were lucky enough that when we, we've replaced slowly a lot of the racking that came at the store. But the cool thing is the racking itself doesn't break down at all, but it fits in the eight foot bed of my truck really easily. Right. Um, so we can take this stuff that most people aren't, are not going to have on hand. And it's kind of stupid to, if you're just a vendor who keeps your stuff in your garage, buying this stuff isn't really smart, but we're lucky enough that we have it here. It didn't really cost anything. So we can cart this stuff and put up 20-foot, 20, 20 like, grid walls of, of product, yep. you know. And then we just bring it back here and put it in the basement or put it in the back room and it, don't don't even look at it until the next show. Yep. Uh, so we're lucky enough to be able to do that. But the PVC racks are really nice. They're light. They're compact. Yeah. More than anything, if you're going to do a show, price your product fairly. You, mm mm-hmm. Just because you, th- you think that your, your issue of Alpha Flight is worth $3, it probably isn't. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, do what we've talked about. You know, for the, for the obscure things, the golden age things, the things that don't pop up at auction or on eBay, Overstreet's a great place to go, so you're in the ballpark. But for those things that are common books that, that turn up quite frequently, mm-hmm. use, use eBay as your source to kind of guide you in your pricing. You may want to add a buck or two here or there, maybe 10 bucks, depending on the value of the book and the condition. But also just bear in mind, everybody else that's looking for those back issues, okay, not everyone, at least 75% or more, they're aware of eBay. They've heard of it, and they'll look up the the sold listings, so they're going to know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also factor in, if you've got a $100 book and someone offers you $80, know what you have into it. And then also assume in your mind: I've got PayPal fees, I've got eBay fees, I've got to pay to ship. If that eighty bucks is equal or greater than what that cost is, and it gives you a nice little profit margin, you know what? Take it. don't Don't say good. Don't say no to it because you've done two things: you've kissed away profit, guaranteed profit, and number two, depending on how you say no, you may have kissed away a return customer. So there's sure. there's kind of that that point. Not in, in eighty to twenty, maybe it's a hundred and hundred and ninety dollars that somebody's going to offer you ninety instead of hundred. Whatever it is, just know what you have and be aware of what the the climate is for that product. What has been your biggest takeaway, or I guess, kind of um,
1: what's something that you have changed your mind on, or looked at from a different perspective from the first time you you came with to set up as a dealer at a convention to last week. Is there any one thing where you're like, man, I, I would have never done that, you know, or
0: what's your biggest, the biggest thing you've learned? Um, The biggest thing I've learned is probably also the biggest thing that I've taught. And, and that is don't be afraid to offer a fair price for something. If, if you think that what they have is high. And the reason I say the reason that I, I I pick that and say that I've taught it is because there was a young kid that came up to one of our booths when we were at a Milwaukee show, and we had a toy that I think was priced like at twelve dollars from here or something like that. And the kid, um, he was younger; it was his first show, but you could tell he was a comic fan because he was dressed in the, mm-hmm. you know what PJs or whatever the heck he had on that was character based. And he had picked out a few dollar issues here and there. And he came over and he said, I would like to buy that figure. And I said, okay. And he's like, is it $12? And I said, that's the price on it. Just kind of seeing where he was going to go with it. And he said, um, okay, hold on. I need to go get two more dollars. And it was at that end. He must've been probably like eight, nine. And at that point I said, well, how much do you have? And he said, I have $10. And I said, if you offer me the price of $10, I will sell you this figure for $10. And he looked at me dumbfounded and he's like, are you sure? And I said, yes. And most any vendor in this booth that's worth, or in this show that's worth talking to would do the same thing. You have every right to offer a price that's reasonable. Don't be afraid to do that. And that was one, I think one of the biggest things for me from the first con that I went to as a kind of a new comic reader was, um... I didn't have that mindset of it, it's kind of like a flea market where there is a little barter. There's a, a back and forth and there's a way to do it respectfully and a way to, to not do it respectfully. Um, and so the biggest things that I would say is, you know, volume beats everything. If you're going to buy a bunch of stuff, expect that discount to be there because you're going to buy $500 worth of stuff from us. We'll take 40, 50 bucks off depending on what it is. You know, if it's the hottest book that's out there right now, probably not. But if it's stuff that we've had for six months, sure. Now the no, but the other side of that—that that was all good. But as a vendor, okay. Um, what have you? So as a vendor, kind of changed your mind on or your what would you have done? I don't think it's. Gonna, I'm not going to say change my mind because I'd never vended before. So sure, sure. What I've picked up from the first show we went to to where we are now is that um, modern books and modern signed books don't have much value unless if they are super keys. The biggest places where I see us doing the best are things like having that variety of dollar books and sets. And my mind right now, when I'm in the shop and we get a new collection in, and you know this because I say it all the time and half the time you're like, yeah, we've already got three of those is I'll be looking to make sets Mm -hmm. for multiple reasons. And the biggest reason is, um, there's single issue collectors that don't want to buy trades but they want the full story and oftentimes depending on what it is that full story could be cheaper than buying the trade especially if it's a marvel trade it's because of the way marvel prices things um, so there's that's the one thing for me is that sets are great uh, and variety is king cool okay <laughs> Did that answer it in a, in, a, in a satisfactory fashion for you, Sensei? It did. Okay. It's more for other people.
1: <laughs> I know how to sell the show.
0: <laughs> Have I been taking appropriate notes?
1: I don't know. I never <laughs> see you taking notes.
0: <laughs> oh, you're crazy. I know. Um, no, I, I want to go home. All right. Well, hopefully you all found this uh, interesting. We hit on two very separate topics, but ultimately... Um, you know both things that are kind of hot and moving right now for us in the store. Uh, again, quick reminder: October twenty eighth. Garth Ennis, Phil Hester, Joe Pruitt, Otis Frampton. Be at Cowbunke Comics, or if you can't, go online, uh, look us up there, at Comics You can pre-order the uh, the signed copy of of Jimmy's Bastards number four, Cowbunke Comics variant by Phil Hester, or you can. Just buy it and pick it up in the store when you come. Uh, or if you don't want to get it signed but you want to have the cover of the book, you can buy it. We ship it to you, no problem. Or shoot us a note on Facebook and then uh, let us know on Twitter which what are you more excited about? Metal? Legacy? Doomsday Clock? What's got you going?
1: Mm-hmm. And else? again, if you're going to come out here...
0: Let us know. Let us know. We're, yep. we'll, we'll give you some of that Midwestern hospitality. Impressive. In- in perfect Milwaukee style, we'll have a case of PBR cold. PBR? <laughs> Good Lord. I'm just kidding as we sit here sipping that PBR. Um, but either way, let us know. We've, we're have we more than happy to help arrange some, uh, some travel stuff for you as, as needed, give you pointers. And uh, it is a very family-friendly... Oh, I should say that. Oh, my gosh. If you have kids and you're coming out for the show, uh, or you have kids and they may be a barrier to you coming out to the show... Along with World's Smallest Comic-Con going on, we will also have uh, the Downtown Trick-or-Treat that day, so your kids can run up and down the streets getting as much candy and sugar into their systems as possible. There's going to be a Halloween parade, Uh and then at 6 p.m. Saturday night, Cowabunga Comics closes the doors and releases you all out into the wild for Oconomowoc's trick-or-treating from 6 to 8 p.m. So, I mean, what's not to love? It's all here. That's right. We planned it, it that way. Some, uh, some, Never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so again, if you have any questions, things, let us know. Also, um, go out to iTunes and give us a, you know, five-star rating. If you think we're worth it, share it with uh, your friends. We were doing this kind of as a service to everyone and, you know, we do enjoy it. We like talking. So hopefully people like listening a little bit, a lot of it. Well, will and we'll try to be, I mean, it's not like we're any less busy, but we'll try and get back on the horse. I I think after the end of October when our you know, the big world's smallest comic con is done, the show circuit is well, cooling down be, for the That's winter. gonna be
1: out of the way. There there's not a single convention in November. Yep. We don't have any card game pre releases, we don't have like it November is gonna be the first time in Hopefully. a long time where we can we can have some weekends off. We yep. can
0: go home at night and not Hopefully no car oh, accidents, God. family deaths. I'm guilty on both of those accounts, and you are actually just, guilty by association on the car accident. Thank you very much yeah. for going and checking on my wife and daughter. It's just it's just um, not even jinx it at this point. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think November we can. I'm going to make a challenge to you for November. Okay, can we crank out a weekly one? As long as we've got good topics from uh, either listeners or our we've own got, staff.
1: I mean, we've got a ton of topics. It's a matter of, you know, the other one is I have been waiting to do my graded one. Yeah, well, we're stuck waiting. We are. Trust me, this is all going to factor in. When I oh do. yeah. I I am fired up right now about yep. one of the grading companies, and um, it, it should be a good one. But we have to get all of our books back so that I can put the data together yep. to do my full report. But I am I am looking forward to it. It will come out eventually. Yep.
0: Mark my words. It it will be a. That episode will be a great episode as a kind of a nice end piece to our discussion about grading, about valuing, and now talking about the two comp- two big companies. Yeah,
1: and I don't. And again, I actually I don't, three companies. We're going to talk about oh, all three. Yeah, I don't plan to do a lot of um, a lot of personal uh, opinion on that one. I'm just going to present it's the facts, effects, and you yeah. can uh, extrapolate what you will from that.
0: Maybe we'll do an addendum that's personal opinion.
1: For sure, I think anybody will be able to get out of it. <laughs> what the opinion without that? Be. But yeah, so we we'll, we we're gonna we're gonna aim. I just made the challenge. We're gonna aim for a weekly one in November, and uh, well, and we'll have to do one about the the follow up to
0: um, oh, absolutely to the
1: signing too. Yep, cool.
0: Let's do it. All right. Well, for James and myself, we will talk to you next time. On behalf of all of us, thank you for listening to this episode of Cowcast. You can find us on all the main social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash Cow, on Twitter at Cow, or on Instagram at cowabunga comics. To send an email to us directly, send it to podcast at cowabungacomics.com, or to join in the discussion, you can hop on our new cowabunga comics forum at forums.cowabunga comics, that's cowabunga with a K.com.